What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Serious Angler Podcast, powered by our friends over at X2 Power Batteries. And as always, I'm your host, Bailey Egbert. Joined with me is El Capitan, Mr. Andy Full, who's about to get a new scenery change here. What, next week? Yeah, as long as I have internet, which it looks like I will. Um, everybody will be able to see the new office. I don't know how well put together it will be, but yeah, it's coming. It's coming quick. Well, I won't be home next week, so you can worst case scenario, you can come up and use the apartment. <laughs> yeah, that, that might not be a bad idea, but we'll see. I, I'll probably be able to make it work at least from my phone in the meantime. So, Ah, local Starbucks, you and your bougie coffee, you can go do it from there. Yeah, at 9 p.m. That'd be yeah, great. It's right. Yeah. That's right. Keep me up all night. <laughs> <laughs> well, folks, we have a, a super cool episode today. You could tell uh, I almost wore the same hoodie that Andy's wearing. I wore it... Uh, uh, was past night obviously you're listening to episodes on a friday but we had dropped an episode with brian thrift the red crest champ this past week um we had some new x2 merch come in uh, our guests will be wearing our first guest of the night will be yeah. uh, rocking it i was thinking actually about wearing it i don't know why i was like i'm gonna put on this bass fishing electronics hoodie i got my new x2 hat on i'm like i'm kind of kind of like torn on if i'm glad i didn't wear it because i'd be matching both of you but also like it would be kind of cool if I was matching both of you. Dynamic Either. trio instead of duo. Yeah, there'd be like five different X2 logos flying on this podcast right now, which is actually pretty sick. Yeah. Uh, we have Mr. Sean Budiak coming to join us because we have some pretty sweet news that uh, if you guys listen to this as of right now, it is currently available. We'll uh, we'll let Sean kind of dispose of all the information and the cool release for you guys. But um, after that, we're going to have Sean for probably 20 minutes or so, and then we're getting on mr tyler rivet to kind of start helping us preview the classic next week so really great show uh looking forward to it and uh andy anything else before we get on our guest here mr sean budiak yeah just real quick to all the listeners that also tag in and listen to the lure lab i want to say thank you by the time this episode is up and going i believe we will have two 1000 download episodes on the lure lab we have two right now as we're recording that are within like 20 or 30 downloads away, which is really awesome. So thank you to everyone. Heck yeah. If you guys haven't seen that show, it is down in the show notes. Uh, you guys can go over there and listen to uh, all the different tips and techniques Andy's got each week, every Saturday morning for you guys. But Andy, I think without further ado, let's get him on here. Mr. Sean Boudier. Hey guys. Not much. How are you guys doing? Cannot com- I mean, I, we say we cannot complain, but we complain all the time right after we say we cannot complain because it's dang cold. I mean, you're going through the same thing up there yeah, in Wisconsin. It's going to be 50 degrees the next two days, and it's going to get cold again. It was like 19 degrees in the morning yesterday here. Yeah, so. the same here this morning. It was <laughs> cold. You win. Yeah. <laughs> you guys always win with the cold, and we just can't get away from snow. But, I, I mean – it kind of sucks because I looked next week uh, heading down to Tennessee. It's going to be literally like 20 to 7 degrees in the morning and like a high of like 42 Monday and Tuesday. So like part of me was like, I'm going to leave this weekend so I can do some fishing while I'm down there before we got to work next week. Then I see that. I see 27 with rain and for, like a high of 42. And I'm like, you know what? Maybe not. Maybe he'll just leave Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I mean, I'll, I'll do it, like especially on tournament days, but like. I mean, something about like the mid south, like that Kentucky, Tennessee range, that kind of weather sucks where it's like 
at least when it's that up here in the north, you can still catch them because our fish are dumb. We're like that down there is just a whole different type of cold, and I'm just like, ah, I think I'm gonna stay in the nice warm truck <laughs> drive down Tuesday. <laughs> I don't even know if this is really like a thing, but like in the north, right? We have like a dry cold where there's like no humidity or dampness to it. Like, seems like as soon as you get south of Ohio, the cold no longer is dry. It's like real damp and heavy, and super cold. uncomfortable. Yeah, yep. it just like goes right through you, and you're just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, I just. <laughs> They can keep it. <laughs> I'll keep my dry cold. Yeah. But uh, so, Sean, we got a couple cool things to uh, to drop on this episode. But I think Ooh. before we do, one thing I did want to highlight and call out uh, is you're getting into the uh, the tournament game this year. Sort of. Kind breaking of. News. <laughs> I don't know if it's breaking news. <laughs> I don't know if it's sort of. No, daily, I, signed, I signed up for one. We'll see if I'm the last guy on the, uh, on the, the stats here, but I'm at least getting in, getting into it. I actually got uh, – you've inspired me a little bit, Bailey. I'm about, I think Sunday I go pick up my kayak and start to rig it all out and do uh, some local kayak stuff. Heck. So just a small, like, Midwest kayak thing here in kind of greater Wisconsin and probably do – I think they've got seven tournaments. I'm hoping to do just two or three first year. We'll see. With kids' sports and stuff like that, it is kind of is what it is, and I'm making want to make it. And that's like your very first tournament, then technically, like an official tournament you fish. Yeah, I, I wouldn't consider the yeah the whole thing we do with uh, with right with uh, Chuckle locally. That's more of a kind of thing for a uh, you know a local charity type of deal. That's more just a fun thing. This is just me. This one will just be me on the water. No one's doing it with me, and we'll see how it goes. Well, I think because it's your first tournament, uh, you're destined to win it because that's how it goes. Everybody in their first tournament, they always win. <laughs> well, you guys will know. I'll, guys, I'll be able to tell you how it goes on that Monday. I'm coming up uh, and fishing with you guys. It's that Saturday, right before that. So Fantastic. Fish Saturday, right. travel Sunday, and fish Monday and Tuesday. It's a good weekend. We'll, uh, we'll get the mojo going for you. Good. <laughs> well, awesome. I, I'm one pumped because, one, it's in a kayak, but also, too, that you're getting into it. I'm uh, – excited to keep up with it but uh it sounds like you'll be putting some more x2s to work in uh in your kayak and what's cool this year we've talked about a little bit on the show but there's a legitimate x2 power kayak team for Mm -hmm. 2023 we got some pretty sick dudes on the team we got nolan miner who's been on the show i mean most of you guys which i think besides two have been on the show Uh, we have drew gregory nolan miner dylan lowry Lowry. and uh matt millard who uh stack team Stacked. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, they're uh, they're they're dragging me along, but uh we have a great <laughs> team that's leading the way for, for this year. <laughs> we do, it's it's exciting. You know, we're gonna chat also the products we got coming out and you know, not only the, the products of the products, but getting the team built out in multiple directions is pretty cool this year. Yeah, before we kind of get into the the juice of what we wanted to talk about and, and unleash tonight, talk a little about uh X2 supporting uh, Carl in that river cleanup that he does. He's yeah. super passionate about that and obviously leading into his first ever Bassmaster Classic next week. Yeah, we've been doing, you know, since day one, Carl was probably, I think, our third pro or second pro that we got signed signed up on everything. And he was kind of the a little bit of the one that also brought on a couple others, you know, after talking with some with uh, Trent Palmer on our team. And so we've been, we've been tight with him since. And he threw us out an idea this weekend uh, down in Knoxville. We're kind of doing what Carl does and all the cool things he does with just river cleanup, getting the lake cleanup, giving back, making sure things are looking great for next weekend. Uh, they said, hey, can X2 come out here and help me out a little bit? So it was pretty awesome. I ended up calling 
uh, yeah, I had family and kids stuff up here in Wisconsin, but I had uh, some local folks at Batteries Plus stores down there, called them up and said, hey, they're waiting for you. And they got up at the crack of dawn through the rain and the piles of garbage that Carl threw out there on his socials was pretty awesome. So hopefully the lake looks just a little bit better. Or the river looks just a little bit better for next weekend because of all those, those efforts. Heck yeah. And that, that's something he's been, he's been doing for a little bit now. And he's it seemed like he's really him and Kayla have really grown a passion for doing it. And uh, you know, X2 got involved. Also I'll, I'll shout out our other partner, Hobie Eyewear got heavily involved with it too. And uh, it's cool to see one, the brands supporting the guys that are involved in it, but also doing it on their own as well. But uh, just seeing these guys trying to do their best with their own individual will and uh, being in their brands to try to, you know, help the sport out a little bit, help mother nature. Yeah, I think when, hand. When, I, when I saw some of those photos, I think there might've been 30, you know, 40 plus people sitting there running up and down that river, river cleaning up. So it is, it is pretty cool. It's a fun thing to be a part of. And yeah, honestly, with everything Carl's been doing for the brand over the, over the years, we want to be, doing whatever we can, whatever he wants to do those. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it was super cool to see. He did have a really big group, big group that went <laughs> down there. Um, so who knows? I mean, I'm sure that stuff's going to get bigger and obviously we're all in on that. Um, so pretty sick to see, cool to see X2 support stuff like that, which is another part where uh, super, you know, from a team standpoint, we feel mm-hmm. proud to be a part of because we support meaningful campaigns and, and meaningful messages that mean a lot, not just to the people on our team, but to the sport itself. So for sure, kudos, kudos to leading the way on yes. that. We'll, we'll do what we can. Carl's leading the way. We're just kind of coming along for the ride. <laughs> That's right. Well, let's talk about in the, in the sense of, of leading the way, putting out some top notch products that yeah. uh, uh, is, is leading the way in regards to performance. You know, talk to us about what's new for X2. So uh, this is the this is like the official first drop a little bit here, which mm-hmm. is kind of cool. Uh, so next week classic is big week, obviously for us. And we'll talk a little bit more about what we're doing on there. But kind of tied to the classic, we purposely kind of got ourselves ready to really be all in in this lithium space this year. Yeah, you, know, you kind of look at what we did last year. We had good product, but when you really look at it, you know, two good batteries in the kayak space, two good batteries in the, in the boating marine space, bass fishing space. And we just knew we needed to go bigger. So we're, we're dropping a whole new line. Uh, the, uh, the line is anchored still in, in getting this bass boat powered, right? Getting Andy's boat powered and, and running all day, whether it's his electronics, his trolling motor, uh, but everything we got is getting a big upgrade, which is pretty cool. So uh, when you think about the, the bass boat batteries, for instance, we had a group 27 and a 31. We're boosting up capacity in those things. So our group 31 is now going to be 125 amps, which, you know, puts it right up there with the best, you know, the highest of the, the highs you can get in that, that size. And now our 27 becomes the 100 amp hour. That was the group 31 today. Uh, and then we're just going to round it out. We're throwing out a group 24 at 75 amp hours. Just given, honestly, everyone, it, the batteries and the power are so awesome there, but everyone needs to have, levels that they're, they're willing to or can invest in. So if we can get a, you know, 700 something dollar battery on the group 24 side, you know, up to the top and give anglers a choice, that's kind of what we want to do. So that's kind of the core of what we're dropping, you know, starting here and, and a whole slew of other products coming. Just, I do have a question real fast. And this is like a battery question that I have <laughs> no idea about, right? Like, so how do you go, how do you take a third, a group 31 size battery and compete? increase the capacity size from like the 100 to 125 
So like the internet- uh, so it's all it's all internal cell configuration. Okay. So I mean, you think about all these lithium batteries, it's it's internal, it's a bunch of cells inside. So it's just changing the cells that are in there to get kind of capacity per cell. You know, being able to also upgrade the battery management system to do all, you know, charge it and discharge a beefier battery safely. You know, all that goes into just you know, kind of maximizing that. It's almost like maximizing the space of that cavity is the only yeah. limitation yeah, at this point in time. And then when you increase the capacity size, does that increase weight to the lithium batteries? As well? uh, ever so, ever so slightly, not, not really, you know, cause it's, it's, there's a little, obviously there's a little bit more material in there, but nothing you'd really notice. Good. Simple answer. Andy is big words. Yes. <laughs> That's why Sean is our okay. battery nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I I understand it to a T. I'm like, so with the cells inside, like you're just kind of like making the cells a little bit smaller, but more proficient to squeeze more into and, and it's lithium tech. It's lithium technology, and there's people all over the world you know, trying to maximize this technology and get as much power in as little space as possible. So, yeah, it, it comes along. But it it allows us to just continue to just feed the beast, if you will. And that that 31, like I. Uh, you and I were actually going back and forth this week on it. Uh, that 125 amp hour probably isn't needed in a trolling motor system, but when you now throw four, five, six drafts, you know, in some cases on one dedicated battery in the lithium space, get as much capacity as you can in there. Yeah. So it kind of opens up a little, opens up some new new doors, if you will, for that. I will say the uh, for all of our ice folk, uh, um, also this could apply for kayak anglers if they you know, run, you know, smaller fish finders or need some, you know, lights, et cetera. The, uh, the nine, uh, and the 12 amp, correct. That those yep. are the new smaller, uh, model options. That's straight up the alley for our ice fishing folk, especially us. Also the kayak people that are running minimal electronic need. Yeah. The nine, the nine amp is probably the smallest battery that's you know, generally available in market for lithium, but it is in what is typically a seven amp hour lead acid battery. So as much power as we can put in there, Getting the 12, you know, is brand new for us. And then even the, uh, we had a 1220. Bailey, you got one of those running right now, 20 amp hour batteries. Uh, we have, it's still a 20 amp hour, but we've added something to it. And we're adding a 35 amp hour and then a 50 amp hour in the mix. So you go like bottom nine amp hour. You know, right now I'll put together a system for, for Bailey and his kayak that'll put two of these nine amp hours together and, and bring some power to his GoPros and whatnot. It, it's also, it just gives us tons of flexibility. Right. So now, like the actual products are right in the ballgame with everyone. You know, and we, we purposely went in, went in slow year one. Let's learn, let's communicate, let's talk. You know, Redcrest last week gave us plenty of, plenty of opportunities to talk to customers. Now it's all right, Jack, you know, get the whole line all the way across the board start putting in some awesome bells and whistles so big big news like this is hot off the press as we're launching it right next week uh we're good to go with apple and we're good to go with google so there's x2 power app now out now out there that will be connected to these batteries via bluetooth so you'll be able to see you know when you're sitting in your kayak and you have no idea how much power you got left you know to run your gopros you pull up your app and you're going to see exactly what power is sitting there Yes. Uh, it's, it's going to be awesome. So it's you know good, basic, functional uh, app that will tell you all that stuff day one, and we'll be adding bells and whistles along the way. You know, I want to be able to, if, if you have a battery question, that should be the place on your phone sitting out on the water that you can type something in and, and get some answers. That's where we want to go, you know, use it as an ultimate communication tool. Yeah, and that's going to be awesome too, especially like, you know, 
long tournament weeks, that type of deal, or just like fishing chips where, you know, I'm filming and like, I usually, I'm always taking in my 50 amp if I'm running both graphs and live. Uh, but for me, cause I'm, I'm lazy throughout the week, that'll be like, ah, I can get away with another way, another day of running the GoPros <laughs> oh, yeah. where I'm like, it's a guessing game where it's like, hours later. let's roll the dice. If I can go in three not days. Actually, no. Not actually, no, it'll be a lot better. So, so technically we could be like, instead of Siri, it's, it's our Sean, right? We can say, Hey, Sean. And then you ask a battery question, right? right. <laughs> it might not be me answering. Hopefully it's not me answering. It'll take a little too long, but yeah, yes, you could. I think that, I think that needs to be the next step for the X2. So hey, Power Google's Hey X2. We'll get yeah. that going. No, I think I just, I like Hey Sean. <laughs> it's your voice. Super it's automated. Spots, yeah. We'll do it all those, all those uh, chatbots do it. Every single time it'll say my name when we're answering. Here yeah. We then you can make it a setting or, you know, yeah. you can go in, you can choose, Hey, I want Carl Jockamson's voice or Hunter Shryock. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome. Okay. AI that, technology is a wonderful thing. It is. Yeah. That's a, that's a big deal though the the Bluetooth uh, yeah. so for a lot of people just kind of like I mean not that it's a, it's not enough power but just giving you kind of the confidence of like that you know mm-hmm. almost that comfort that you know exactly what's going on versus because there's there's a lot of times where you have that battery and you know it runs well but like you you won't start to get a, a comfort for the period of time that you think you can run for mm-hmm. but this one it, it just tells you exactly what's going on and gives you a good reading well and it'll it'll not only give you a exactly what's going on the things that tell you how much you know how much how many times you've charged it discharged it for our warranty purposes it's also going to be able to you know these things do go into sleep mode every now and then you know one of our our anglers and i were talking about one of his batteries just that he, he just put into sleep mode uh that app's gonna help you know that and then we can help you figure out how to get that out out of sleep mode because it's it's a good thing that it happened it just went into safety mode now let's reawaken it and bring it back to life so the app's gonna be huge uh, you're just always biting your nails when you're worrying about getting something on the Apple Place, Apple Store, or the Google Google <laughs> Store, and we're all good to go ahead of launch. Uh, so we're excited. Good product, better product, Bluetooth technology, big warranty update. Yeah, that's probably the biggest thing of the whole our whole line. And now that we we have this app, we're just going going big. Uh, Ten year free replacement on all of our products is what we're doing. Oh, yeah. We're keeping it simple. I don't think a, there's a person in the world that loves going and doing having a warranty issue and then getting like 50 bucks towards a purchase of a thousand dollar battery. And yeah, <laughs> I think that 50 bucks to buy it on you know, some other brand. So we're going to, we're going to make it just stupid simple because we want it to be great customer experiences, you know, it, with the, with the X2 brand, you know, or if you're going to, you know, batteries plus store that you bought that from, you can have that equivalent experience there. So we're super excited. And I can't wait. I'm heading out there. I'm driving down there. Like you're driving down there Thursday get that boost set up and I can't wait to sit and talk to customers all day long. Classic morning. time. Yeah. We're going to be yeah. doing some podcasts in the booth. Yeah. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. I mean, once, once we get all set up, I think we'll be, we're looking forward to all the, the traffic that I know is going to be there just given how Knoxville set up mm-hmm. and can't wait for that. And we already, you know, we just got done with Red Crest and I think the biggest feedback we got was, this battery calculator that we've kind of had sitting in the background and you know, I kicked myself, haven't made a big enough deal of, you know, we're bringing a T we're bringing, setting the TV up in the booth. We're getting the computer set up. So when someone does have a, how long is this thing going to last question? Let's go sit and build your boat and let's figure out, figure this thing out. So you I think it's going to be, a, lines. <laughs> but that's the hope, right? Like that, that is the hope. I'd rather have people hanging out and we got to, onslaught of all of our pros coming throughout the day too so that that alone is going to bring people to the booth now you keep them at the booth and hopefully introduce them and get them excited for the x2 brand 
Yeah, that's, I mean, we, we've talked about it briefly on this show, but, and then we, people really loved it last week at Redcrest, but that calculator really mm-hmm. helps give you an idea. Like if you're, if you're unsure what exactly you need for your rig, kayak, boat, RV, et cetera, like that's going to be the key. Well, beyond just, you know, calling up a Sean or going to a local batteries plus, I mean, that's going to be something that's right at your fingertip. You just go to x2powerbattery.com. It's right there. Which yep. for anybody that is interested and if they're listening or watching this, uh, it is down in our show notes for every episode. Just click the link to X2 site and you can find the battery calculator right down in the drop down box. Super yeah, easy. Stay tuned on that site. I mean, we have, that site's been a, a, a good place to learn more. It's being tore down and rebuilt because we have a, a lot of great customer conversations that we can start to have at a more like personal level. Like mm-hmm. We're jumping into kayak with this great kayak team. I want to be able to provide content for someone trying to power a kayak, not try to decipher boat talk, you know, yeah. for their kayak, right? So we're going to build the, we're going to kind of tear this down over the next several weeks, rebuild it, bring up all this cool stuff into it that can just provide a better experience for everyone. Hopefully, answer more questions. So don't have to to the, you know, Sean chatbot. But if you if you need to, I'm here. It's uh, Sean GPT. So it is. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But uh, before we let you go here, Sean. Um, Really fast for all of the Serious Angler listeners, viewers, uh, as we will be able to uh, help them save some dollars yep. off their future batteries. And that code is going to be Sirius X2, correct? Yep, Sirius X2. Uh, you know, it'll be able to be used uh, right away on batteriesplus.com. So if you jump on that website today and uh, place a, you can buy a, basically a buy online pickup at store, those batteries will be ready for you at the store, or you know, they'll be able to call you if, if you know, and communicate with you if they need to, to get a couple in for you. Uh, but it'll be available live and ready to go for you guys. You know, sometime very in the very not so distant future, you'll be able to get those, you know, shipped directly to your house as well, obviously. Oh, uh, but yeah, looking forward to it. We want to ultimately connect with all, all you guys out there and, and with Bailey and, and Andrew and, and with Deacon and Business from the Bass Boat. Yep, let's. Reward the time that, that you're kind of investing in not only the Serious Angler, but all the sponsors, myself, Blackfish, do it. All those other folks that are out there, you know, want to bring something to you that you can't get elsewhere, essentially. That's right. Heck yeah. Well, Sean, seriously, appreciate you joining on here. Uh, appreciate everything that you're doing for the team, for the consumers with bringing the ultimate performance with this stuff, but also uh, getting behind uh, some of the different messages in the industry, giving back to the sport. Mm-hmm. I think that's one thing we're doing really well as a, as a team at X2 is really getting behind these really good, like these, these efforts that are benefiting people beyond just trying to sell them a product. For sure. So selling product is one thing, you know, being there and being part of something is a, is a way better thing. That's right? right. Heck yeah. Well, Sean, appreciate you as always. And uh, we'll yeah, see you course. here real soon. Yeah. We'll see you real soon. We'll, we'll see you down there. Yeah. All right. Sean, All take right. care. Good luck with the show. Thanks everyone. Peace. All right. That was awesome. So for the folks, you guys are going to have some really sick stuff to uh, take advantage of. Obviously, X2 is a great product. You guys have known that, and it's only gotten better. So you're going to be able to uh, take advantage of that and take advantage of uh, saving some dollars because lithiums aren't cheap. Um, and one thing that is cool that X2 does try to push the message of is you don't need – if you if you don't you know have a, a vessel that you don't need to go crazy on lithiums, you're not fishing as much throughout the year is you don't need lithium. You can go with their AGM models, which provides you the ultimate power. But uh, lithium, obviously, just a whole a whole different factor to it, different price point, uh, and obviously, it's been proven. So I think that's one thing that's super cool and appreciate Sean for 
joining on here. And uh, Andy, he talked a little about the classic. And uh, we got a guy that's got classic top of mind sitting in our queue right now who's uh, been fishing hot, man. Like, and I might be mistaken here, but is he number one right now in AOI? I'm pretty sure he's the first in AOI. I mean, he's a first and four, four, fourth. I got Tyler in the queue. Shake, nod your head up and down. Is it fourth? Third. Third. So, in first between. third. <laughs> yeah. Well, without further ado, let's just get him. Let's just get him on here, Mr. Tyler Rivet. What's going on, homie? What's up? How you doing, it's, man? So it was the first and third, correct? First and the third, yeah. Dude, yeah. you got to be confidence. Has just got to be heating up right now. Yeah, I wish. I wish the classic was the week after those two tournaments. You know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd just be going in there, Dang done breaks. slinging. <laughs> yeah. Just kept it going. But, uh, I feel bad for the first fish that bites next week for you. <laughs> it's gonna be a sockele. I got to keep that tradition going. It worked the last two tournaments, so. <laughs> so the first uh, fish you caught in tournament on both events was a, was a crappie. Um, not for, actually, probably so for Okeechobee, but uh, for the uh, practice days, yeah, that's I kind of no, actually for Seminole, yeah, I was just. That that uh, Monday, getting after all that stuff happened, and just getting out there on the water, I was just wore out. And I just sat in the boat, and I got on the edge of the grass line and turned the live scope on. I was like, "Yeah, let me let me see if I could do something." And like caught like twenty sockeye again, and all they were all over two pounds. Like it was huge. It, it was killing me to leave them, but at that same time, it, it filled up one live well just with those points. They were they were huge, and I was like, "All right, well that's supper for like two days." So. Uh, perfect and actually started going bass fishing after that or tried to <laughs> yeah we we uh we're joking uh our little group here with andy myself and deacon we saw you i think you put it on your story or something like that maybe it was a post that you're like ah, i went crappie fishing for the boys again this week oh man he's gonna smoke them again <laughs> <laughs> and sure enough it worked out the pattern worked <laughs> did uh did that i was gonna be targeting that now yeah, everyone's gonna go look for crappie and just looking for bass. Is that what you did in Seminole too? Is just kind of trying to find something nearby? Um, no. Well, I did have the school of fish actually. That's where my like second spot was, where those crappie were. And uh, honestly, it was not far from where Joey won at. And just I just never made it down there and tried it. And just I, I didn't really want to turn the live scope on a second tournament. I wanted to kind of stay shallow and punch and frog and flip. Yeah, honestly, I don't blame you. <laughs> After looking at a screen for all week at Okeechobee, you're probably like, I'm catching them like this. I ain't going to leave. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, you know, my neck was killing me staring at that thing. It, it sucks, but, man, it's – I mean, I got to the point where I don't even pick my head up. I can make a full cast, and I'll know exactly where it's at just by the way my foot's pointing. Yeah. I know I know you've, uh, of course, talked about it a bunch on a, on a several different shows, you know, since Okeechobee. Uh, and part of me honestly feels bad because, like, dude, you didn't really get to, like, celebrate your win after that. The boys made you go cook dinner for them afterwards. You didn't get to, like, party. Oh, yeah, that's that's how it was. We did all the interviews after the weigh-in Sunday. and uh, I think we left there about 7 o'clock, and uh, my stepdad got in the truck with me. He just, I got into the passenger seat, and he just we took off. And six and a half hours later, we made it to Seminole. And about three hours of sleep later, I wake up and get back in the boat and do it again. Like nothing ever happened that day. <laughs> Respect. Did you at least Ouch. get to like after Seminole? Did you at least get to come home? Like get the boys together for some beers or something? 
I, I did. We, we hung out with some of my buddies, and uh, that was about it. it it's just been back-to-back, just nonstop, and just I never had time to really slow down yet. And now we're leaving for the Classic, getting everything ready for the Classic. So uh, it was just nonstop. But, yeah, I mean, it really – I think it didn't sink in that I won until actually they came out with that uh, video a couple of days ago with the uh, Marathon Peak Performance one, and it mm-hmm. showed everything from, like, just the beginning and to the end. And I never got to see it from like that. So it was pretty cool watching it from the outside in. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I think just something like that, especially like it's tough on those back-to-back week grinders. Like it's so hard. Cause like, especially for you guys, because like if you win, you're fishing four days straight. And then when you win, you're turning right back around to practice. You don't really get a chance to be like, let the emotions kind of settle. Yeah, so your, your your heart rate was probably skyrocketed on the first day of practice, and you're probably exhausted from it. Well, I barely like that's what I tell everybody. I could barely at practice. I felt like I was not on them because I could barely get my head into it because it was just text message after text, call, call, call this radio show, doing this, and it's just like thinking of it. I'm like, man, I should have just pushed that off until after that week. But at the same time, it's like some of them just forget about the guy that won that first week when it's a back to back tournament. They'll focus on like. Mm-hmm. The second tournament, so I yeah. tried to take advantage of what I could, but at the end of the day, I found a few things for practice, and it was just I, at the main deal was just kind of going out there and having fun. You know, I did what I always wanted to do was win, and I, I mean, I didn't plan anything else after that. So it was just a, another tournament. I was like, well, I just got to get my head in here, and I can't think about that blue trophy right now. I just got to get out there and make my points because you can win the first one and still not make the classic. You know, you just have to. Mm-hmm. You got to go out there and still do the job for the next seven tournaments or eight tournaments before that one. So seven now. Yeah. I mean, I, I totally understand like trying to take advantage from like a brand standpoint of, you know, allowing that, you know, taking advantage of every opportunity from a show standpoint to interviews, to media, to shoots, to trying to grow as much of your following as you can to really hone in on like that win. Yeah. Uh, and I can understand being kind of worrisome, but like, it didn't matter, dude. You were still like flying high going into to Seminole third place. You were still, yeah, your name's flying around. Another blue trophy. That would have been crazy. It, it, I was, it was, it was crossing my mind hard. I was like, man, I, I, I would, I never saw one coming like so quick. And now I have a chance for two of them, like back to back weeks out of, uh, I, I don't know if you know, I wouldn't even know what I would do. But, you know, <laughs> I feel bad for whatever gym you went to next. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I was <laughs> I was pumped, especially because I didn't get to work out for about two weeks. They really didn't have anything in Okeechobee. I worked out the day before the tournament started. And other than that, it was just nonstop media, this. It just uh, – I only had a marshal in my boat uh, one day out the whole eight days we fished total. So every other day was a camera, and it's just – it's pretty cool thinking of it like that. Like, wow, like, uh, doing pretty good then. Consistent, man. And, dude – there was a point Andy and I were geeking out on the last day of Seminole. I think it was like nine o'clock where like, I think you, I, I don't remember if you were leading it or like with, within a pound of Joey mm-hmm. or like, Holy crap. He might go back to back here. <laughs> like it's going to be the revet show this year. <laughs> That's what it's going to be. But you mean, it is man right now. First and a third is a hot freaking start. I it think is. the proper term is gun show. It was going to be the gun show, you know, yeah, cut was, the sleeves off. We're all laughing like, yes. Oh, is. man, I had to. Yeah, I get I'm, my peer pressure sucks, you know, so <laughs> you know, I'll probably do it. Uh, I love that. <laughs> it's yeah, but I mean, when Mercer or, or Zona tell you something, it's people you look up to and watch your whole life. So you kind of 
have fun with it and do what they say, you know? Hey, look, those guys, they might tell you stuff that kind of like, not say gets you in trouble, but like Mm -hmm. start some laughs. That's a good thing for your branding. So don't let everybody steer you the other way. Those guys know how to create brands. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of negative people out there, but I don't care. Dude, uh, the... Oh, we're not going to talk about that part, but I'm going to say one comment on it is the people that knock like stuff like that or like what Matt Robertson does are mm-hmm. the traditional people that need to just get out of the industry because we've moved up. We moved on. Y'all yeah. are the heart of, of the industry now. It's, uh, I mean, it's nobody goes to NASCAR to just sit there and watch wheel in circles. They want to see action. They want to see yeah. some, they want to see some wrecks. They want to see some cool stuff. And that's how it is with fishing right now. Like everybody's kind of getting bored with the, just the mm-hmm. flipping, and I mean, obviously, live scope. It's, it's, I tried to make it as fun as it could be, watching live scope. But uh, uh, yeah, it's that's what they ask for. But whenever they ask for it from us, we get, you know, fine. So I don't know what they really want from us. Hmm. The same people that want us to to do the the cool stuff and get the views and all the fun stuff, they they turn around and they'll find you right after. So that's lame. That's lame. I I will say personally. Not that I have any stake in this conversation whatsoever, besides being a fan, is let your true colors fly, buddy, because that's what we love to see. Fans love to see it. And I think, honestly, as as a brand, from a sponsor standpoint, that's what they love to see. Oh, yeah. I mean, any publicity is good publicity, you know? That's right. That's right. That's uh, marketing, so. That's right. (laughs) Well, dude, so I I have a... One question on the Okeechobee deal, uh, and then we'll start talking a little bit more like Seminole, because I'm sure everyone's asked you every question under the sun when it comes <laughs> from Okeechobee. But uh, yeah. they did some really cool shots, man, of what you were fishing specifically, like on that river for like, it looked like it was almost like subtle humps that were on that river that these fish were kind of setting up on. Yeah. Um, you, go you, ahead. You know, no, you're good. Uh, I was just curious about like the cadence with the jerk bed. I know it looked like you're using a, you said you're using a stunna. Obviously that one sinks a little bit. Like, did you have to let it go down a few seconds? It looked like you're fishing relatively deep water. It, it was anywhere from about six to 12 foot. They would sit and it all depends on where they're sitting. If they're sitting closer to the top, I'd have to make like, or closer to six foot. I'd have to make a short cast. So it'd go on top of them. You never want it to be even with them or below. And if you did that, you'd spook the fish away and you wouldn't see them again. So it was all about making the right cast and making one on top of them, and that's the key. Just throwing in front of them. It, I just got I got pretty good with live scope to where I could tell what the fish is. If it's a garfish, um, sockele, or bass, or just something different, you could tell the bass. But you know, honestly, it was pretty hard to tell the difference between a sockele and a bass there because the the crop the crop they were so big they they looked just like bass and they'd fool you. But uh, I got smart with it. Uh, by the time day two came around, I could tell what a sockele was because every time you throw the jerk bait, the sockele would just kind of it would just do the same thing your jerk bait was doing. It'd stay right under it, and it would kind of slowly come at it. And that the uh, the largemouth they would just kind of come at it, and you know you could see when they're coming at it like oh it's a guaranteed bite, and sure enough, and it was pretty cool watching it like looking back at it now all the videos like how he was sitting right there, and you can see the fish coming up and eating them. That, that was a sick shot, dude. <laughs> that, thing, that was awesome. You're like giggling like a little, little kid when you're watching it come. He's like, he's going to eat it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, it's fun. It's, it's, it's fun when they actually come eat it. But the, every other cast that he wasn't watching, there was another one following it that wouldn't eat it. And it mm. just kind of sucked. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, like, 
I think there's really something there though that I think people don't talk about all too often. I feel like it's probably a heavy deal. Um, I mean, I think it's being exposed in more places than it were it re- originally known for, like a Texas or Oklahoma, where people that can find the schools of crappie, you you might not find a lot of bass, but the bass you do find are larger than uh, larger on average. Because you, know, you're, you said you're filling your lap bowl with two pound crappie, anything that's going to be chasing fish like that, it's got to yeah. be big enough to be able to eat them. Yeah, so. Do you think there's definitely a science to that from a national standpoint to, to trying to f- go if you just start looking for those schools of crappie that you're going to find those larger on average bass? Uh, possibly because I feel like they both feed on the same deal. They're feeding on either minnows or just small crawfish. It, it just depends on the time of year. And it depends where they're setting up at. Because I mean, the socklet, they always kind of off everything. So you'll find bass closer to them, I'd say pre-spawn, post-spawn, whenever they're kind of coming off the bank and in that same area like uh at seminole for instance i found the bass right next to the socklet and they were just on that edge of the grass uh, on that grass line right next to the river channel so it made sense with why they would both be there and it's just like shoe pick like shoe pick if you find shoe pick or grennell um, i don't know what y'all call them up there but, uh, that or that and uh, if you find that like a lot of times like I get turned away from those but actually like those bass are right there with me too they, they all live in the same area yeah, so I think it's it's cool with the live scope to learn like where they actually sitting. And uh, I was watching Mercer's podcast the other night with uh, Rick Klun, mm-hmm. and it was cool uh, listening to Klun say that he said like seventy percent of the time you're wrong when what you think's happening under the water, and thirty percent of the time that's what you're probably right about. Like it's crazy how much you're wrong when you think a bass is doing this; they're actually totally different. He said that's what the live scope. It's helping figure out that you you can see where you're wrong at. You could capitalize on it and move to the right spot quicker. Yeah, isn't that kind of funny? How a lot a lot of folks in the industry they talk about these fish like it's like it's a hundred percent, like it's law, like it's exactly yeah. in the textbook. Where like in reality, we don't know what the hell we're talking about. There's guys that are just a little bit. Yeah, there's guys who are a little bit right more often than the others. That's all. Yeah, that's, that's live scope showing you exactly what's happening, and it's exactly not what you think it is. It, it, they're sitting out there, five foot over thirty foot, five foot down, just suspended out there, just sunning in the middle of February, in the middle of June. They're just doing whatever they want to do, and uh, just like a Pickwick, I caught my biggest fish. I caught the big fish of the tournament on the live scope over there. There was just one stick in the middle of this bay. And there's four of them that size on there. And I just so happened to pan out there. And I'm just like, oh, you know, like that. I, I'm pretty sure it's bass. Like it's just weird that they're sitting there at that time of year, you know. And I threw over there and caught an eight pounder. And there was four more with it, or three more with it that size. So, oh my God. Yeah. So it just, it's crazy that how much that live scope helps you just with that one extra fish that could help you out with 20, 30 extra points a tournament, you know. And at the end yeah. of the year, it adds up. So, yeah, I do. I say uh, I thank you for teaching us when the first episode you were on this show of what a, a soccer actually is. Otherwise, I'd probably be wondering what the hell you guys were talking about at Okeechobee because that's all people were saying. They weren't saying crappie. Yeah, I'm like, oh, Tyler taught us that. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, I was. Um, I kept trying to swap it up too, you know, through and live because I was like, man, I keep saying soccer a lot. These people are just scratching their head. Like, what the hell is this he talking about? So, yeah, what language <laughs> is he speaking? Yeah. 
Well, they call them specs down there in Florida too. So they got a ton of different names, but yeah, it's uh, it's my favorite thing to fish for. Honestly, down here, I don't even really fish for bass anymore. But I'm my house. I'm, I'll pick up the pole and just go sockley fishing because it's just like my little getaway from bass fishing. You know, just I have fun with it. Yeah, Louisiana is kind of like. I feel like a bunch of states could say this though, but like the mecca of like big crappie. Uh, not where we're at. We, I mean, we have little eight-inch sockley at the like they're small ones down here. Like a ten-inch or down here is like huge. So uh, we got a ton of them, but they're just smaller. But uh, yeah, like Toledo Bend, like that northern area, like that they got big ones up there and them uh, flooded lakes over there. So uh, definitely over there, not down here for sure. Heck yeah. Well, dude. Uh... Looking at Seminole, I'm kind of curious. Was there what was the the rhyme or reason to where you were finding your fish? Like, because it looked specifically grass related that you were fishing. So uh, we were. I was fishing up the Flint River, and uh, it was just a day. I just kind of made my way up there toward the launch, and we were in. Uh, me and Hank were actually in the same cove, and he was out in the middle, and I was just going through the grass, and it was perfect. It's that gator grass, that green little – it's just perfect for pre-spawn punching, I find. Like, they're always under there for pre-spawn. And I got a few bites there. Uh, Hank got a few bites on the outside jerking. So, I was like, all right, well, let's just start in there and see what happens. And sure enough, I go through punching, 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 nothing. And uh, I ended up, like, kind of slowing down. I could see fish on the outside. Uh, that's when I figured him out with the, with the wacky worm out there off the edge well actually the first day i was catching them on speed worm because it was a little windier and a cloudier so i just picked up a speed worm and a swim jig and they were demolishing that and i mean I, that was a fun bite and then the second day going into the second day uh it was no wind just sunny and i didn't even pick up the speed worm once like never threw it and that's what i caught them all on the first day so it's crazy how i just adjusted it's like okay like they're sitting in these pockets now like obviously it, it reminded me of a uh, toledo bend uh, so Little Ben looks similar to that little pocket I was sitting in. You got the hay grass looking stuff, and then you got like some uh, gator grass, and uh, they'll just spawn in them open pockets on that flat stuff. And that's exactly how they were set up. Like I just power pull down and just fan cast with a whacking worm, and you just pick every. I literally think I caught every fish in that code. <laughs> what was the uh, What was the setup for that wacky rig? It seems pretty straightforward, but I'm actually really curious, like hook and all that stuff. So I use a one aught. Well, going with the rod first, I was using a seven foot medium light uh, F five, the Ghost Code. Mm-hmm. That's uh, it's just a perfect all around spinning rod. You could drop shot with it. You could whack your worm with it. It just gives it a good tip, so you don't yank it out their mouth and you don't pull it away from them. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was using a ten pound P line, and then I had about a ten pound uh, tactical uh, P line leader. And then I had the one-aught owner, um, the owner wacky hook. That's my favorite. They're kind of like that greener looking hook. Is that that wacky jungle? Is that what it is? Like it's got that, it's like almost like a bronze color to it. That's it. Yeah, yeah, that one right there. Like, knock on wood. Like my hookup ratio with those are pretty good, and they're a little bitty hooks too. And they, I mean, they stay pinned up on the top. And yeah, uh, interesting shape to them. Mm-hmm. And that, and then I, I just had the extreme stick with excite. And uh, I mean, I literally went through probably fifty of them. But oh, it, so you going straight through the bait. What's that? You're going straight through the bait, like no crossover or anything like that. No, uh, I normally put the little uh, O-ring on it, and I kind of ran out of it, so I just started hooking it through the bait. Like uh, you know, like I'm I'm cheap when it comes to this stuff. They hate when I do that stuff. But uh, 
Yeah, it, it was no big deal. I won hundred grand the week before. We can go through forty. Yeah, years. I was just throwing it out there, you know. <laughs> that was that was the main deal in the pockets, and then there was kind of the bigger ones. I find were kind of thick in that hair grass, but in them little pocket, little bitty pot, like you wouldn't think a fish would be in there. So I started Texas rigging a uh, stick bait, like the extreme stick, and I just had it on braid with a six nine medium, the same rod I caught him on a jerk bait. Like, I just didn't realize I was throwing it on a medium rod until, like, the third day. I looked, I'm like, wow. Like, I'm winching these five and six pounders out this grass with a medium rod. Like, I was <laughs> boat flipping them and everything. I thought it was a medium heavy, like, 7-3 at first. And, uh, just I having a time. Yeah, I'm just flipping them in like nothing. <laughs> dude, you're going to, like, crazy flip them. Like, I, I always flip them, dude. I love that when you're just when you're just vibing, man. You just don't even like think. You just do it, and no. you're like, "Oh crap, this is a six nine medium." <laughs> like you should not be throwing it over thirty yards of grass, <laughs> ever with like fifty pound braid. So yeah, it worked. It, it worked, and I was bending the hooks with that medium. Like I'd set the hook on them. I'm like, geez, like I couldn't imagine what a medium heavy. So yeah, it, it was awesome. It was a fun. That was a fun tournament for sure. I wish I would have won that one too. Wish I went all of them. Yeah. So you were throwing straight braid when you're throwing the Texas rig stick bait? Oh, yeah. Dude, God, that pisses me off. <laughs> if, I, no, I, I, I love it because braid. it works. Uh-huh. Like, you just, like, you're talking about you're catching them, but like, my overthinking butt would be just like, I need to have. 20 yards of 10 pound fluorocarbon. Otherwise they're not going to eat it with the straight braid. And there's so many people that say the same thing and you're like, nah, straight braid, jack them. In the holes too. And it would work like in the middle of the, just a clear pocket, just throw it out there. and They could care less about that braid at that time. You just do it. And four pounder, like the <laughs> second and third day, I knew I kind of messed myself up, but it was just hard because I had small fish in the box and I didn't have really anywhere else to go. And I, I needed to call them, but, I probably caught each day, the second and third day, I probably caught two or three bags of 15 pounds at least of fish. Just three pounder after three pounder, three and a half, three and a half. They were just males and big little females everywhere. It was it was fun. I mean, I knew I'd probably run out of fish eventually, but the only thing that gave me hope going into the last day is when I caught that 25-something. Um, uh, I was left a lot of fish in there. I left because they were – coming up even more and i'm like wow they're, like they're coming in here like i think we can catch 25 again so i just left out of there getting in there the final day i pull in there and it was uh you could still see them they were just kind of chasing stuff off the bed you just see a swell or just a wake and if you threw it in there a perfect time and you catch them almost every time and uh, they got pretty smart by the fourth day i was able to only catch like one or two out of there hmm. uh i wish i could have caught them all because they still had some big ones there but I think I did my damage out that place. <laughs> I think one of my favorite bites from that tournament was like you could see how shallow the fish was and it like swirled and you made the catch. Oh yeah. yeah the first um, like, the uh, V go right to your bait and you jack yeah. them on that six foot nine medium catch. Oh yeah. And ripped yeah. them across. I was like, oh my god, that looks like fun. Like, That's not all of them were like if the camera's on it perfect, you'd see him come eat it. So yeah. and it was it, you almost had to look away because you'd see it swell and you just want to set the hook without even checking up. So oh, that's awesome. It, it was fun. It, it, it was a tough practice that turned out to be a fun tournament because they just moved up. You know, as quick as they moved up, they moved out that final day. Yeah, that was what I was going to be. I, I was really intrigued when you mentioned that you, you literally witnessed them coming up 
Like, do you think they literally just did the deed and turned right back around by day four? Oh, yeah. It got hot. It was hot quick. The water temp got up there. So I'm thinking they just went up there. I got hit them perfect overnight, and they were most of them were just headed out because I saw empty beds everywhere. And, I mean, part of that's probably me putting them in the live well and taking them. But uh, uh, <laughs> I, do, I do think, I, like, looking at it now, just like at uh, Okeechobee, I was looking at stuff I did. I was like, man, I, I should have did this a little better, you know, looking at the videos. And I think that's what I should have did the final day was kind of back out to where I was catching them punching for practice. And I didn't really do it much the final day, and I think I, I could have caught a punching if I'd have just slowed down and backed out instead of just still throwing that wacky worm. Now, was that grass topped out that you were punching, or was it submerged? It was. It was like on top. It was that hay grass, like some. It was gator grass for the most part. Mm. Gator grass and hyacinths mix, and uh, it's similar to down by my house. Like if you get the hyacinths with mixed, then they'll they'll spawn on there. Heck yeah! Mm-hmm. Well, dude. Uh, First event, I mean, you're fishing relatively clear water, you know, in the river, jerk baiting, forward facing sonar. Second tournament, you know, after you win the first one, you know, third place, getting up in the in the stuff and the crap and, and catching a punch in and wacky rigging and doing mm-hmm. all the stuff I think you enjoyed thoroughly doing. Yeah. Uh, and now you're turning right around going to Tennessee River, which is pretty dirty river yeah. system. Like, what other spectrum are you going to hit now, dude? <laughs> Looks like I'll be doing some cranking and jerking over there. Uh, I'm pretty confident with that jerk bait and oscope now, so I think I could do some damage over there down in the teleco. But just looking, watching every video they have on the last, previous tournaments, everything's done in loud for the most part. So I think I'm going to spend most of my time in that area. But at the same time, uh, I think I could catch them jerking. I, when we were there in 21, I didn't really even know how to use the oscope. I didn't know what I was doing there. And I was able to catch a few big smallmouth doing it. So I think now that I can go back there to those spots and maybe pick off some giants now that I know what I'm doing and know how to get them in bite. So that's my plan, but it all depends on the weather. Like, I wasn't expecting it to be this cold. It's going to be like 20 to 30. Like, it's it's going to be cold. So uh, and the crazy thing about the practice for the Classic is we practice a whole week before the tournament, you know. So, so much stuff could change in a week. Uh, yeah, it starts like what Saturday? Start Saturday. Friday. This Friday. Oh, Friday. Oh man. We start the Friday before the tournament. And it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. And then we have the Monday, Tuesday, we do media stuff. And then Wednesday, we have like a test run of takeoff. And then we actually fish like it's a tournament day. We have to come in, check in at three thirty or whatever. So we get one extra day Wednesday on a uh, the Wednesday. And we get to – basically that day, you just kind of go and check everything, I guess, for the most part. Mm-hmm. And, like, Thursday is, like, another media day, essentially, right? Yeah, it's the actual media day. Yeah. yeah. Oh, long got week. you grinding, man. Oh, I don't care. I mean, I, I live for that, you know, to make the classic. And when I made the la- last year's classic, you know, I just want to have fun. It, it didn't matter if I sucked or not. I was like, man, you never know if you're going to ever make a classic again. So, it's what you always dreamed of. So, I just want to have fun, we had fun. Actually, that second day, I had, like, the biggest bag almost, and uh, that was pretty cool to just weigh in, like, 19 pounds on the classic stage. Yeah, that that was uh, – you were you throwing a Damiki? Or is that um, – or at uh, Hartwell? Yeah. Uh, kind of, like a Damiki, and then I was, uh, like, a Ned rig – or Nico rig, hmm. and then uh, just jerking, live scoping. Heck, yeah. 
But dude, I, so I don't want to ask anything that's gonna like don't divulge anything, obviously, because classics coming up. But I'm more curious, like being that it is literally like a week out that you're gonna start practice from day one of the derb. You know, what kind of mindset will you have being that you'll have Monday and Tuesday where you won't even touch the water? Like, is it more of like trying to fish or practice in front of them to prepare for what's coming up? Or how does that work? That's how you want to practice. And then most of the time it don't go that way. You kind of find where they're at right now. And you kind of don't it, – it, you just have to keep that in mind that you're going a whole week later. and The weather's going to change. The weather's going to get a little warmer, so it might push them up. Or the weather might get colder, so it might push them out further. So you just want to find that happy median of like kind of where they're at and where they should be going, and just kind of keep that in mind going into Friday. But I mean, it's so much like adrenaline and just emotions for the classic. So you just got to keep that in mind, and that's what I keep telling myself. You know, just got to chill out and just think where they will be in a week. That's got to be such a. I mean, that's awesome from a challenge standpoint, and like. As as an angler, and especially obviously because it's a Bassmaster Classic, but like mm-hmm. trying to think like, hey, it's Friday. There's literally we don't compete till a week. I found it's got to be such a weird feeling though. Like when you catch your first fish, you're like, yeah, he ain't gonna be here in a week. Like yeah. it's gotta be like, you know. But well, it, it's gotta be kinda, right. Yeah, it's like so. What you do? Like I'm curious. Like when you catch some fish, uh, is it more like you're kind of looking up from then? Like where are you going next? Like what's your what's your step two? That type of deal. Yeah, I'd say like you figure out if you're on a main lake, like look where they will be at. If they're on an obvious like main river ledge or just something way out there that nothing's close. Uh, I'd say just look for where they're going, like we said, or if uh, if they're in the pocket, if they're in the main point, like look where they're going further in the pockets. If it's getting warmer, like are they going to be moving back on just that flat, or are they going to be on the secondary points, or just are are going to are they going to be way in the back? It, and it all depends with the runouts too up there. We're going to be getting a lot of rain, I think. So I think they might be moving to the back and in pockets. Might yeah, what do with it. I was looking at the forecast, and it looks like you guys are packed full of rain at least early next week i mean it looks like at least for would be kind of nice for you guys is it's going to rain i don't know it changed again well i think that's what's going to happen too so forecast is probably going to change a lot before you guys yeah, get going but uh it yeah, looks like it rain the first couple days of the event which kind of sucks but uh-huh. hey i mean at least it's everybody's same playing field type of deal that's right i think uh the thing about, like, the cool thing now is I, I didn't think Lockscope would kind of be a part of it if it kept warming up just because they'd be kind of pushing up shallower. But I think now that it's actually still cold, that Lockscope will probably be a factor in this tournament. Yeah, good Lord. Uh, the morning, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, it's going to be below – Tuesday, too. It's going to be below freezing for you guys in the mornings. <laughs> Ooh, that Tennessee cold is not fun. <laughs> it's supposed to be raining, right? Or they change that? Uh, Friday, this Friday, your day one will rain, but it's going to be in the 60s at least. Awesome. Yes. Can't wait. Well, at least <laughs> it's a warm rain, kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It's still cold. But... Low 40s in the morning, though, and rain, are, uh, that's not. No thanks. But that's the tournament you can't skip practice for. You got to get out there. Right. Rain, time, and or freezing, sleep. I don't even know. I'm. I'm a South Louisiana guy. I hate the cold. Unless I'm- <laughs> That's what Brock, Brock always messes with him. He's like, I already know you're out this tournament. It's going to be cold and rainy. Oh, he's <laughs> just trying to get in your head. He's worried. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I got that momentum going, so I'm going to try to keep that on the back of my head. 
go with that and say it don't matter if I'm not on anything. I'll figure it out come tournament. Heck yeah, and it's always a new day. I mean, which I, that's funny. Brock says he's a Mississippi boy. What's he talking about? It's the same deal. <laughs> yeah, but he's he's I don't know. He built different. He'll fish daylight to dark and not even think about it. And I'm just it's it wears me out. You know, I'd, I'd rather get off the water. At, Four or five o'clock, and maybe go to the gym. You so you know, and just uh, probably yeah, the gym just helps. It just kind of gets me in my little mind and back in my little space, you know, where I need to be in the right mind to fish and you know, not stress about anything. I just put it all out in my gym and go out there the next day and start practice again, and I feel great. You know, it's more of like a confidence thing. You know, when you go to the gym, I feel like full out there and. Like I, 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 I did something good, so I could turn around and fish better. Okay, dude, that was gonna be something I, I wanted to talk to you about because that is something one that uh, I really find motivating is like you still being able to with your guys' schedule finding mm-hmm. the time to. One, I'm sure it's more of just like a passion deal for you because that's something you thoroughly enjoy, but also too like that keeps you probably mentally fresh throughout the week in regards to staying in shape. Obviously people talk about that. Brandon Polonick, Carl, those guys talk about it all the time, yeah. but like I'm dude, I am absolutely struggling with this right now because like I'm in a stage where I have so many different endeavors going that I feel like any like 30 minutes or an hour that I waste doing something else that I'm not putting into the business or anything like that. I feel almost feel guilty. And so yeah. it's, it's really starting to hurt like my physical side of things. I'm sure you probably struggled this at some point, like the being able to get off at four or five o'clock. Like how do you, how do you deal with that mentally? Just being able to, Hey, I need to take care of myself type of deal. Yeah. That's my worst year fishing was the year. Like I kind of just focused more on fishing instead of like trying not to go to the gym much during the practice days and the tournament after the tournament days. Uh, I was just not in the right mind. And uh, I just kind of got back on that groove last year and, that was my best year so far, and this year I'm doing the same deal. It's just, you know, just you got to do it, kind of put you in the right mind and get you happy. You know, you can't be all depressed out here fishing because it will mess your head up bad. So, uh, and I know all the guys like I stay with, they're like, I can't believe you're going to the gym or you're getting off the water early. But it's just what fits me, you know. Like if uh, you got to put more time into that, it just helps, my, helps me out on the water somehow just with the confidence, you know. Like if I, if I miss the gym one day while I'm fishing, it just kind of like tears me apart. Like, man, I wish I'd have went. Like, for instance, uh, I'm about to leave in the morning. I got all kind of stuff to do. And uh, me and Kendall went earlier to the gym for about just for 20, 25 minutes, just so we actually went, you know, it's just it's better than not going at all. And that's what we say. So, yeah, you I mean, it makes sense. I mean, coming Andy and I are both athletes our entire lives. Like you, you have that, like you might be physically exhausted after you hit the gym. Mm-hmm. especially if you hit the gym right right but like mentally you're good to go for the rest of the day yeah so i feel like that i mean when you think about fishing from a mental standpoint you're making good decisions so you might not need as much time where it's like if you're mm-hmm. clicking you're making the right moves like yeah that's probably what really helps with that process is the yeah. gym gets you in the mindset and then the mindset helps you make good decisions through practice and do you do you work out on tournament days yeah yeah Oh my god, you're on another level. It's just like a <laughs> mental it's like a mental clearing exercise, basically. Like at the point it's not even working out, it's clearing the mind so you have a positive outlook. It, it is, especially like yeah, 
either or if it's a good day or a shitty day, you know, I'm out there. It's, it's, uh, like, especially if it's a bad day, I'm, I'm like, you know what? I got to get in the gym. Like I got to, it gives you more like that pump up to get in the gym and work it off. You know, you know, like screw that day, you know, like putting that day behind us. So we're going to work out harder and turn around. We're going to, it's going to be a better day. And 90% of the time it turns out to help me out, you know? I like that. So Yeah. That's uh, for sure. Well, it's, I love how so many guys get off the wall and they're like, all right, let's go eat. Let's go get food, grab a couple of beers, and then we'll do tackle for us. And I'm like, ah, no, I'm going to go rip, rip, rip out this bench set here. Yeah, I'll I, I, I up my stuff during the time, like uh, the next day in the uh, waiting to take off or so. But um, yeah, that's, that's the main deal I find with myself is I'm just having fun with it. You know, you can't, you can't stress about this. And I do what I want to do. You can't really do what other people want you to do because it's how you fish and how you live with your life. So I'm, I'm happy with what we do and it's working out so far. And, and it just like for another thing, it's like with Hank, Hank last year, he fished his butt off like from daylight to dark every tournament. And Hank never does that. He's one of the, he was kind of similar to me. He'd get off the water two, three o'clock each turn, uh, each practice day. And he'd do good for the tournaments. And uh, this year he's back on that schedule where he kind of gets off earlier. He ain't sitting there all the way to dark wearing himself out. And it, it's worked out so far this year for him. So I think that goes to show it's like you just got to do what you need to do. And just like Brock, if Brock's not on the water from daylight to dark, he feels like he's just – he's lost already. Like he screwed himself out of something. So it works for him to fish on the water for 24-7 at the same time. Yeah, it's like – it's it's funny. I, I laugh at some people where it's like – you're like, oh, if you're not taking advantage of all practice time, like you, you're missing out, like you're making a big mistake. But then here's John Cox rolling out of bed at 10, at 10 a.m. on with one day of practice, and he's in the top ten. Like oh, yeah. everybody, everybody's got their own deal. You don't count though. He's he's just totally different. He's <laughs> uh, we don't. Nobody knows what he does. <laughs> he he is awesome. Like it's crazy how good he can catch some fish. It's yes. always laughing, just a goof, and like, <laughs> just sitting there like, oh, he's <laughs> just tearing him apart. Yeah, he's he's in, he's in his own, he's his own breed. That's right. I mean, everybody is in the elite series. You know, you you came from a different way, and John Cox, it worked for him to fish every day of his life, and he he kills it every tournament he fishes. Yeah, heck yeah. But dude, uh, you know, besides obviously classic coming up. Uh, starting the season off hot you're sitting first in, in aoi standings uh you got the mustache rocking too I, I see that as well uh what you got going on for the rest of the year man what can people look out for hopefully to stay up on top you know i just want to keep that aoi pumping up there and uh you know we go each tournament we go for checks and try to just make the points just to get to the classic but well, i've never been in this position before where i'm on top and I never thought of it, you know, like we don't overthink like that. We like, we just need to be stable and consistent on the elite series to make a living. And whenever you got a, a chance like this for something big like that to happen for angle of the year, uh, I'm going to try my butt off to keep, stay up there, you know? And I mean, I know it's early in the season. It's only two, two tournaments now. we got seven to go on the elite series. So a lot could change, but like I said, I'm going to try. I try my butt off to keep it the way it is right now because it's pretty cool seeing your name on top. Yeah, well, dude, it's harder to come back than it harder is to stay up there, in my yeah. personal opinion. So it's especially the two first events for, specifically for you guys. Like you can either dig yourself a hole or you can give yourself a good start and give yourself a cushion. That's so that's right. a 
that's a good way to look at it. And the nice part for you is the next event, there ain't no points involved. You no. don't got to worry about that. All you need is 15 fish. That's right. You don't need 20. So. <laughs> fish, four pounds each, I think that would win it. <laughs> that's right. You'd be doing all right. I, I'd say if I take 18 pounds a day, I'll be happy with that. I think that would probably win. <laughs> yeah, I mean, shoot. I mean, compare it to, I, mean, I know it's the latest in the year, but. Yeah, the way Ott won it back in the classic for a three day derb. I think he, yeah. he had what 11, 11, 18, and 20 or something like that, Andy? Was yeah, that I think it's about 54 I, he won with or something like that. Yeah. I think the first day was the 20 pound bag, and then he yeah. had like an 11 and then an 18, or but it was all close to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, dude, uh, I mean, looking ahead, uh, you got thankfully this, uh, this year you got Champlain. Instead of some other smallmouth fisheries, but you got Champlain and yeah. you got at least the, and you got the live scope dialed. So St. Clair and St. Lawrence, you should be. Listen, I wish they were going back to Oahe, all right? Because one of my favorite fish catches from last year yes. was, like, <laughs> was sitting on the front deck, catching <laughs> with the old ball and chain and whacking oh, them, yeah. sitting on the front deck of that bird. It was awesome. That was a fun tournament. That was. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I was just sitting down, just messing around. I was just having fun with it, and they were actually still eating it. So uh, that was a funny fish cat. I wish it would have been like a five or six pound or two. You know, that would have made it better. That was hilarious. I remember being uh, – I had I had meetings uh, all day that day, and Andy's like texting me updates, and I can finally turn it on. I get a gap in the day, and it just goes pans right to you. Just sitting down, almost like you're a kid in the outfield yeah, picking grass. Yeah. You're like, oh, there's a bite. <laughs> Whack. <laughs> uh, that was fun. That was a, like I just honestly, it was just that uh, the second day, whenever it got real windy, it was just so hard to fish up there. Like I couldn't, you couldn't really get on top of them or fish. And it was like five, six boaters out there, and I was just tired. It was windy. I was aggravated. I was like, yeah, let me just pick up this old Carolina rig. I threw it out on that point, and just the first cast caught like a four, five pounder. Next cast caught like a three, three and a half, and then another. I was like, oh wow. And then the next day, I just went back there, and that's that's what they wanted. It was fun. Yeah, you probably just had a hard leg day that the day before. You were just you oh were yeah, that was, that was a pain trying to stand on that deck. But, <laughs> yeah, I like you said, Andy. I wish we'd go back. It, I wish it just went so far. It's yeah, it, it's, it's literally in the middle of nowhere. It's nowhere. Nothing around it. Not a tree in sight. Just hills and hills for hundreds of miles. Like rolling it's, grass. It's, it's beautiful out there too. It's just country, you know. No, no skyscrapers, no buildings, no anything. Just, just a big lake and then the, the sky and, the, and lots of wind. Lots of wind. Like thirty <laughs> mile an hour. Thirty mile an hour wind over there is like calm. It's, That's it's cool. wild. It's crazy. And, like, honestly, it's not that bad when it's only blowing, like, 20, 30, or I'd say, like, 15 to 25. It's it's really not that bad because you kind of get on the banks and run with it. But uh, once it starts blowing, you got to you, you gotta take your time on that lake because it's choppy. Yeah. Hmm. Well, well, dude, uh, Andy, you got anything left for Tyler here? No, I, I just wanted to ask you, like, besides the classic, like, what event are you looking forward to the most? towards the end of the season do you feel like you there's an event that you that stacks your wheelhouse the best i'd say sabine river mm. yeah that, that place like intrigues me because i like fishing grinder places not yeah. barely makes fun because i like a lake that has small fish in it because it's fun but 
that place just looks fun to fish. It seems like if you can find them, you can really yeah. catch. There's just good. a ton of fish there, so you got you could catch twelve inch at the twelve inch, but it's still fun. You know, you're getting a, it's the place where you always say like, man, at least we should be getting bites, and yeah. that's a place where you actually get bites. And middle of June, uh, I fished there a couple times in June, and uh, I think I know where they'll be. Uh, it's just to catch the bigger ones. It's hard to catch the big ones there, but uh, the reason I like it so much is it's similar to my house, and it's the closest I could get. To Louisiana, <laughs> that's uh, it's my type of fishing, and uh, I got a whole new family over there that I try to go win it for over there in Orange. That's where I met my girlfriend. So, oh, perfect. heck yeah, yeah, so, yeah. That's probably this can't be too far. A couple hours, maybe. Uh, about three, three and a half. That's not too bad. No, no. I'll, I'll try to go pre-fish it a good bit before the off limits, just to go out there and say I did. You know. Heck yeah, it's dude. Because I mean, you can run all the way to Houston, kind of like Brock did. Like, you go anywhere you want over there. So, except Louisiana. <laughs> That's what I was going to ask. Is it the same deal? Like, yeah. Is it like, like post it science in the water or something, right? Oh, yeah. That's what's bad about fishing down here by my house. Almost 80% of the water you can't go in now because it's posted. Wow. Which is That's cool. ridiculous. It's, dude, it's crazy. It, it, and it's getting worse to where that it used to be just the marsh. And uh, it's just kind of like canals where like oil fields dug the canal to get to a crib in the back. And uh, they would have cuts coming off the canals going into the flat marsh. And that's where a lot of fish were. And mostly all of that was uh, gated off. And it, they would let you fish the canals, which is fine. You know, I love how it's like gated off because it was like a, it's like a sanctuary for them. But now they're getting to where they're just blocking every canal and you can't even fish the canals. That's and ridiculous. We're, we're left with like a main intercoastal. I don't know if y'all have something similar to that, but it's just, uh, just a dirty canal, big open canal where all the barges pass, and that's all you really could fish now. Ah, dude, that sucks. It's bad. Well, but, and for especially for like the hunter in me, it's like you guys are a big duck hunting state, like a huge yeah. duck hunting state. Like guys got to be pissed about that. Oh yeah. Well, a lot of that is actually like duck hunt leases that they have, really? and I mean most of the fishing's done February to august you know so it's not even duck season whenever you're trying to fish it and they're just uh like you know some landowners were good about it where they like let you let fish but they just have so many people just mess up that opportunity and screw up or go steal something or just tear up their property and it just cost all of us fishing and not being able to fish there anymore so that sucks yeah. man. i mean i can understand from owning land like like liability and stuff with people on there but for the most part it's just open water like and you're blocking it off so yeah it, it sucks for us because all the places I grew up fishing, I can't even get to now. So, yeah, see, that's the part that that's stupid to me. Like, at least for us in New York, that the our rules are anything that is man made is is eligible to be put up like a no fishing sign. But mm -hmm. if it's not man made, like yeah. you can't stop people from fishing. Yeah, like out dugout uh, marinas and stuff. Like they can yeah. post that. Yeah. Yeah, dude, that would infuriate me. Like, be like, that's the honey hole that grandpa and I went to when I was eight years old, and now you can't fish it. Like, I lose, I would flip a lid. That's exactly how it is, too. It won't change anytime soon because of that money deal. Whoever has the money has the power, and they'll just keep it like that forever, however long they want. And it's just hurting us, you know? Is there any sort of coalition or anything like that that's like trying to back we on it? One, and, uh, uh, like, Louisiana, uh, it's all about like the post it. Uh, it's just like everybody posting stuff. And uh, it's like they're trying to fight it, but it's just, it's so hard to stand a chance with the 
with the landowners and then we'll, people that are buddies with the landowners are the ones that are making the rules. So it's, yeah. uh, and I'm friendly with a lot of landowners down here too. And they're cool. It's just that one time that somebody screws it up, it just costs everybody, you know, that one you know, person goes in there and just destroys everything. It's just, yeah. you, know, you got to be smart about it. So like, I, I barely even fish down here anymore just because it's so bad. We had a tournament here Saturday and, uh, I got second place with eight pounds. What? In my it's big like prime time for you guys. Oh yeah, it's normally eighteen to twenty to get in the check right now down here by us, and you can flip all you want and catch them. And now ten pounds won that tournament. Good lord! Because man. all the good water you can't have, you don't have access to pretty much. Well, one that, and then two that hurricane came out with that mm-hmm. auto, and it just killed every fish out here. It was the biggest fish kill we've ever seen, and oh, it's. Man. What was that lake near? Was it Lake Charles down there in Louisiana? That's close to you. Is that it? No, no, no. That was uh, what hurricane was that? Oh, it starts with an H. Um, but anyway, um, yeah. But let me look it up here. Got that Bayou Wi-Fi affecting us right now. <laughs> hurricane no. Harvey? Is it Harvey? Oh yeah, it might have been Harvey. But yeah, like like same thing over there. Like if it passes through a hurricane, it's it'll wipe it out pretty good. Just because of the salt water. We have brackish water almost everywhere down here. So that's how close the salt water is. And when that hurricane comes through, it pushes four or five foot of water up and it all that just it turns us off. Laura? Yeah. yeah, Laura. Good grief. Damn it, Laura. Yeah, women, man. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it kills the grass. It just kills the fish. It just kills everything. And yeah, um, it, you know, it's just a big cycle. It'll take a couple years to come back, and hopefully, it does because this is what I grew up doing, and it's just totally opposite from what we used to fish with. So yeah, I mean, it sucks, but uh, I hate leaving here and moving. But if I always said I always want to move to like Gunnersville or something, just because that place is just twenty four seven, you catch fish. <laughs> always, yeah. It's it's fun. Always. Well, dude, uh, I heard uh, I got a buddy that lives on St. John's River. Like they're going through the same thing that that oh, yeah. uh, hurricane this past fall just ripped it apart. Yep. It's wild stuff, man. It sucks to see, but hopefully these these fisheries rebound and yeah. hopefully uh, they people can stop posting. Posted signs there that way you can go because why, dude? You get those getting rid of, you're gonna blast them in all those places that had posted signs. Dude, they haven't seen people ever. Yeah, it's just big sanctuaries right now. Are just sanctuaries to the landowners themselves. They can fish what they want, but yeah, uh, it sucks. You know, it's like like I said, I just stop bass fishing down here anymore. It's just not even fun. I hear you, man. That sucks. It's not the sportsman. Uh, uh, shit, Louisiana's. Like it's not like the sportsman's paradise anymore. It's just, yeah. it's it's the gated off paradise. Hopefully that can turn around. But yeah. If there's yeah. any way we can help with our uh, our 15 listeners, uh, <laughs> we'll gladly we'll gladly ed- ed- educate those 15 on how we can help. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, anything helps. Uh, down here, just trying to put the word out, but at the same time, they, it's all about the money. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of states are dealing with that now, unfortunately. Yeah, but now the states will realize it once the money's disappearing from there, all the fishermen leaving and just all everybody leaving. It's just, it's just not the state it used to be ten years yeah. ago. Yeah, like what's the point of buying a fishing license anymore? You know, 
Yes, that's right. Yeah. I mean, you get kicked out of everywhere. So what's the point of fishing? So I hear you, man. That's see it. it is what it is. But dude, uh, we're going to wrap this thing up here. Uh, yeah. Seriously, want to thank you for taking the time out. Hell of a start to the season. We've yeah. thoroughly enjoyed it and we uh, will enjoy that streak continuing. And uh, looking forward to seeing you at the Classic next week, man. Hopefully, we do not see you yeah. at the Expo. Okay. We enjoy seeing you on live. <laughs> yeah. That's all right. Hopefully, I don't see y'all at all in a good way. That's right. Well, buddy, uh, again, seriously appreciate it. And uh, we'll be rooting for you next week, dude. Yeah. All right. Thank you. See you. See all right. See you, Ty. Dude, could you imagine having the fisheries we do here in New York and, you know, showing up to the juice and there's a posted sign on it? Could you it imagine? I don't know what I would do. I would lose my dude. I'd rip it out and pretend like I never saw it. Yeah, but uh, but steelhead guiding, and I know this is a bass show, but I see sections of stream that I've guided on and fished on for 10, 12, 15 years that are getting posted almost yearly, and new sections of water getting posted because people are just well, you can't suck, you, as right? long as you come through the water somewhere, you can get there, right? No. So in New York State, you can't stand in the water. No, in New York State, you can stand in the water if two separate landowners on each side of the waterway own the water. So they don't own; they would only own halfway through the bottom of the creek. So therefore, the creek is wide open if you can walk or navigate a boat through it. But if a landowner owns both sides of the creek, they own the bottom of the creek as well and therefore you cannot anchor or stop or walk through the creek that goes through their property that's such bullshit and that's and there you go there the, that was my one percent that uh i was going to try steelhead fishing is now gone i'm good <laughs> yeah, i will, there's, there's, I will... Um, new york state does a really good job at purchasing land and they've done a really good job at purchasing land from landowners for people to have access to these creeks like we have in western new york alone probably like 45 to 60 miles of public fishing rights so if you know where the access is to get into the creek you can get in and walk quite a far ways it's just when you start getting up to like the really high sections of the creek where a lot of people don't think there's fish that's where you start running into posted signs yeah, see, this is that's where I'm really torn about because I'm trying to look at it from an open mind here, and we're, we're going to wrap the show up here in a couple minutes. Uh, I do have one little news, like kind of notes thing here, um, but so before I continue this point, uh, there's a lot of sales going on at Omnia Fishing that you guys take All advantage of. All the jigs are 25 percent off. Every week. single one, uh, as well as rod socks. Uh, they have red crest baits on sale. Uh, as well as obviously you guys can use our code, but there is a thousand dollar hummingbird graph rebate if you buy hummingbird helix units with Mega Live. So there's like a whole rebate deal going on, a thousand dollars. Take advantage of that. Head over to Omnia Fishing, links down in the bio. Um, but what I was trying to get, so I'm torn on it because I'm all for public land when it comes to, or I'm sorry, I, I'm all for public land and private land when it comes to hunting. Because obviously hunting, you're you're killing something. You're you're completely taking it off the map. But a deer population is completely, completely different than say like a perch population, a trout population, a bass population. Completely different. If we had the amount of fish that we had deer, 
good lord this is why there is population control that's why we have dmp tags deer management pop uh, of deer management tags essentially um uh, but like for me in a river system like a a natural body of water that was not man-made to my mind like i sway towards you shouldn't be able to privatize that which yeah but like land land obviously i I feel like i'm I'm being a hypocrite right now being that you should be able to privatize land but not privatize natural water systems but i feel like hunting versus fishing is completely entirely different yeah but what if you're so let me throw this question at you and then we can kind of wrap it up right like so let's say in erie county you own like 70 acres of land right and a main creek that connects into lake erie runs through your backyard and you own both sides of the creek and it's four miles from a public fishing access or a county park and you have people walking up there starting fires littering leaving trash on the ground and you hunt there would you post it? Because well, see, in my mind, I always thought it'd be it was trespassing if you got out of the river. But if you stayed in the river and you and you walked in through public and walked out through public or private, that gave you permission that you're legal. Yeah, and you can't if you only owned one side of the creek bank. It's perfect. That's stupid. That's so stupid to me. I feel like if you're in the river, though, like I think that is absolutely freaking ridiculous. Yeah, like if yeah. I float through a river system in my kayak, um, if, if you float, own both sides, you can float. You can float through the river system in your kayak, no problem. Because you're standing in it. Because you're, you're standing in it, and when you have an issue floating through the river system in your kayak, you can't anchor in the posted property where a landowner owns both sides. You can, I feel like you can control, even if you own both sides. I feel like you should be able to walk through that river bottom if you get out of it and say so you're 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 setting up camp, you're littering. Obviously, then then is is opportunity for criminal charges to you know sue somebody, whatever, whatever litigation. Like if you stay in that river bottom, like I don't know. To me, that's ri- kind of ridiculous. But uh, that is uh, a great conversation we can have for another show. I do have to hop off here, unfortunately. Uh, this was really really good conversation. I think we should do a whole episode on this, Andy. Yeah, I think uh, it'd be a good one. It'd be a fun. Yeah. One. Um. But great show tonight. Awesome getting uh, uh, Mr. Sean Budiak from X2 on. All new, brand new uh, X2 Power Lithium models available as well as with our code. You guys can save money. We'll have that down in the show notes. And big thank you to Tyler Rivette for joining us. Looking forward to seeing how he's going to do on the Tennessee River next week. But uh, Andy, great show. Uh, We'll see you guys. We'll have a a Tuesday night live show next week. Actually, Trevor Lowe from Omni is going to join us fantasy fishing show oh, right? yeah good call holy yeah. crap I, almost forgot about that. I got you bro i got you my man <laughs> fantasy fishing classic fantasy fishing next monday night we'll see you all there well that was an awesome show hope you guys enjoyed it if you can and your app allows it please leave us a rating and review. It really helps us get seen more, which allows us to access more time and more variables to be able to bring to the show to make it better for you guys. So hope you enjoyed it. And if you did and you liked some of the things we talked about in this episode and want to check out our show partners, all of that is in every single show description. You can click down there. It's got all of our discount codes, all of our links to our show partners, 
where you guys can go and support the people that support this show and help us make this show happen. And of course, this show does not happen without you guys. You guys know we appreciate you. You're the Sears Sanger fam. You're the reason we're here. Appreciate y'all, and we'll see y'all on the next one.